Hello, and uh, welcome back to the Ramblers podcast. Today we have a special episode. I'm uh, joined here by my uh, girlfriend, Tessa. Hello. And today we would like to discuss um, the movie Togo, which we just watched, um, which we highly recommend. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah? Let's rate it out of 10. Oh, absolutely, yeah. All right, so I guess to start off, um, what do you want to start with? Well, if we're rating it on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give it probably, you know, I want to give it a 10. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I, I can't I think of one. Anything wrong with it. Yeah, I, can't, I don't really know any flaws that I can think of. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's starring Willem Dafoe. And it came out this recently uh, on Disney Plus. I think during quarantine. <clears throat> um, it, I think it came out, or maybe before. I think it came out in like December. Okay, all right, never mind. Yeah, you can look it up. So yeah, so it bas- it's basically a true story about um, a musher whose name I can't think of. Let me see. Yep, you're right. Leonard, December. Leonard. Um, Sapala is the... The musher. The musher, yeah. Musher. And he's played by uh, the incomparable William Willem Dafoe. And so this movie is about um, the 1925 epidemic of... Diphtheria. diphtheria that was uh, ravaging um, Nome, Alaska. And it was mostly affecting kids. Yes. And basically... The premise of the movie is that Willem Dafoe has to go and retrieve a serum, a serum, um, a vaccine vaccine serum. Uh, But there's like this really crazy bad storm happening. So he has to go with his dogs. If you know, yeah, so that, so what is, is there another name for that? Sled dogs. Sled dogs. I'm so dumb. So he has to lead his sled dogs. And get the vaccine, and then come back and bring it to the um, to the town, so they can use it. And I think thousands of people were affected. So it's really kind of like a race against time thing. But he is the best musher, and he is led by his his dog Togo. And Togo is a hus- they're all huskies, but Togo is special because he is uh, he's vi- well he was naughty when he was a puppy, <laughs> but over time, he uh, he became a, a leader for the other uh, the pack of dogs. So he's in front, and then what Willem Dafoe has to do is go across this treacherous uh, terrain. It was like a blizzard. He had to go across frozen lakes to get this uh, vaccine. And it's all about really uh, Willem Dafoe's relationship with Togo and how it grew and how he initially actually didn't didn't even like Togo because Togo was a, like a troublemaker and he interfered with Willem Dafoe's business. Um, yeah. And that's really the premise. Uh, yeah. So um, Togo is, it's, I guess more recently uh, become popular because, um, you know, in history class growing up, we learned about Balto. Well, I learned about Balto. Cam didn't. Um, and, you know, Disney made an animated movie called Balto. There's, right. like, Balto 2. Um, and, you know, there's statues of Balto. Yeah, so... All around the U.S. Yeah, right. So just to clarify, if you didn't learn this, Balto is... So it was almost like a relay race, right? And each musher would kind of pass the vaccine on to the next one, and, and then they uh, bring it to, you know, the next one, and so on. So it's really like an underdog story, and... Until 2011, no one knew the significance that Togo and his uh, and his God, I, I can't. His team, I guess you can call what's it. What's his name? Se- was it Sev? Is that what they call him? Sepala. Se- oh, Sep, Sep. So on the foe, Sep, and he didn't get any recognition, him or, or um, Togo, because the last people to finish the relay, it was um, some guy and. Mm-hmm. Gunner and his dog, his dog's fox, and uh, Balto, and so he's the one who got put in the history books, um, which is really unfortunate because if anyone deserves to be remembered, it's Balto. It's all 
Seppla and Togo. and Togo. I get the names confused. Um, because they did the vast majority of the uh, the actual expedition. Do you remember the, the number yeah, of miles? So, so, um, so at the end of the movie, sorry, spoilers, um, but it's a true story. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so it happened in 1925. Uh, and it said there were 20 teams, uh, including the relay race, not race, relay. Um, and it said uh, each team traveled about 31 miles, um, except for one which was Togo and Sapla, and they traveled, I believe it was like 247 miles, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. So the whole the whole trek was supposed to be like 600 and something miles. Um, and so Togo was 12 years old, so he was an old boy. And uh, in the movie, uh, his, his wife uh, told him, you know, if you take Togo as your lead, this will be the last time I see him, um, because he's not going to make it. This he's is, an he was an old boy. Um, this was a really, really bad conditions that they were, you know, traveling under. And she was like, he's not going to make it. And then, uh, Seppala said to her, if I don't take Togo, this is the last you'll see of me. So there was really no good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he knew that, uh, Togo was the right one for the job because of how loyal he was and, and what a leader he was. So he, he had a feeling that he wouldn't even be able to complete you know, his task if he didn't have um, Togo in the lead. But Togo was old at that point, I think 12 years old. Um, so yeah, that was, it was difficult for him. But in the end, you know, they, they really saved the day and Togo made it almost to the end. And then like we said, Balto and Fox and the guy... Gunner, <laughs> they were the ones who actually completed the race, so they were the ones who got all the notoriety. And until 2011, this it was an untold story. No one knew the story of Togo and Sap. Sap. So, yeah, and, and actually, like we mentioned, Disney released that animated movie, Balto, and I feel like they released this one um, almost, would you say, like kind of... Yeah, to kind of make up for their... To make up for their uh, mistake, error. Mistake, but yeah... But yeah, it's not their mistake, but it's just the way that, you know, the story was told. Um, but it's an incredible movie. I was I bawled my eyes out. I'm not afraid to admit that. <laughs> yes. Like, you will cry. Um, and, and God, just Togo is just this such a lovable, little playful dog. And he loves his owner so much. And it's just such a great little story of, uh, you know, adventure and... and uh, my God, it's so inspiring too. So, I mean, uh, let's see. What was your favorite part of the movie? I think my favorite part of the movie is when he tries. So, they've traveled hundreds of miles already, and uh, at one point, Togo injures his paw, um, and they get to this roadhouse, which is a stop along the way, um, where they, you know, take them in and take care of uh, Supla and his dogs. They give them food, water. Um, whatever they need, and this, I believe Inuit, yeah, this in- yeah. Inuit woman, um, she's known as like the polar bear mother, or wait, yep, yeah, po- right. polar bear mother or something, um, and sh- and she just kind of knows that uh, Togo's dying, and she's sitting there crying, and 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 Sep asks uh, her husband like what why is she crying, and and he he kind of doesn't answer it. Um, and at that point, like, Seppo kind of knew that, you know, Togo was, he was really pushing himself and he was getting weaker and weaker. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so he decides that Togo is going to ride, um, in the sled instead of, uh, run in the lead. And so he tries to put Togo on the sled and he, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't care. Um, you like, you just, he's like, please don't, please don't fight me. Like, you're going to sit here and you're going to, you know, not not run for even like 20 miles and togo just looks at him and immediately jumps off the sled mm-hmm. and runs back to the front mm-hmm. and it's just like it just shows how determined he was and how loyal he was and like he like from the beginning when he was a puppy you just knew that togo was meant to be in the lead and you know that's his job and that's that's what he was passionate about like he's a dog but he was just so passionate about like serving his owner and loving his owner and so that was my favorite part Okay. What was your I love I loved that part. Um, I would say I, I just loved the the way it wrapped up. I loved the ending. Me too. It was so well done. Um, 
you know, a lot of movies, uh, they kind of use the death of an animal as like a plot device to get people to like cry. Yeller. Like, yeah, old yeller. <laughs> and it's almost like a tearjerker type thing. But, you know, and it almost feels kind of cheap and manipulative to me yeah. in some cases. But I, yeah. the way it was done, it was, um, it was very, oh, I just had the word. I just had the word. Um, I mean, what is, it, what is it like? I hate when this happens. Oh my God. It was very, uh, genuine is the best word I can come up with, but it was, um, it was heartfelt and it, in a, not cheesy in any way. No, 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 no. And then it had this great monologue at the end about dogs and how loyal they are and how great they are. And oh my God. And, that and the owners too. Like he said, it, uh, in the end, uh, you know, once you spend so much time with sled dogs, eventually you start you know you share one mind with them yeah they get under your skin they get under your skin right and uh he just like his connection with togo was incredible and and so the way that they ended the movie uh spoilers sorry um the way that they ended the movie was just like i think it was the perfect ending because they didn't show the dog dying and you know uh, once they get back from from this relay, you can just tell like Togo's weak and and he's in pain and he's walking on three legs and um and so William Defoe, Sepla, he tells Togo you know he has to go to work, um and he doesn't take Togo with him because you know uh, Togo at that point is retired and he doesn't want to push him anymore, so he he's like I'm so sorry and he leaves. Togo at home with his wife and Togo's you know crying and uh trying to get out he you know ends up getting out and he he run like he runs as fast as he can on all four legs catches up with uh Sepla and Sepla just um stops his sled and he turns around he he looks his wife and he just smiles and then it goes into his little monologue and he just uh talks about you know uh togo ended up living for two more years he sired a ton of puppies um so he had a really good uh end end of life for a dog and and like i i liked that they just didn't end it with him dying i guess like the, it, it ended yeah. with a it was a very it was a happy ending bittersweet ending. yes very bittersweet and like i i liked that it wasn't cheesy um with them just killing off the dog not wow. killing off the dog but the, <laughs> no. you know the dog just uh dying at the end like i liked they gave more background to it and um uh and yeah his puppies that he sired so okay so balto got all of all of the recognition and all of the credit for this um around the united states um but he said in alaska all of the mushers knew that it wasn't Balto, and so they they came from all over to get one of uh, Togo's puppies, mm-hmm. and I guess they're known now as Sepala Siberians. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very interesting. I didn't know that. Neither did I. So um, I guess, like, some of the best mushers even today um, have Sepala Siberians, which are d- descendants descendants, descendants yeah. of Togo. That's incredible. And they they were bred to be... What did he say? Um, um, extremely loyal, yeah, determined, um, but but also um, had like a very unusual attachment to their humans. Like um, they just were born being so loyal and like such a good companion to their owners, which I didn't know that like supple Siberians were, you know, yeah, that popular in Alaska. I didn't even know that was a a, a line. No, Huskies. me neither. That was so interesting. And <clears throat> so, yeah, that's probably my favorite. And then um, the, that part. And it's, I think it's important to mention that Sepala felt really guilty about putting uh, Togo through that. But he knew that that's kind of I, – I think he had second thoughts at the end. Like he was like, you know, we mm-hmm. maybe we pushed him too hard. Um, but, you know, in the end it all worked out. And and I like how Togo lived a, a couple more years and had a good, a, a nice little life. Um, but yeah, it, it was very hard to see how. Uh, oh, also, by the way, the performances in this movie were very, very good. They were incredible. Especially, yeah, the dog deserves an Oscar. <laughs> he was such a good dog. Yeah, they were all great, and and it's incredible, like how they can get those dog, like they can train them to like literally, mm-hmm. you know, for movies. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I liked that. Um, 
no parts of the movie were like cgi animals yeah or dogs at least i don't know if like the caribou were cgi but the dogs at no point were um cgi so they were all like sled dogs and and it was just like i loved that i loved that and didn't you say that uh, Willem Dafoe he had, he formed like a like a relationship with the dogs so they would listen to him and stuff? Yeah, but- well, well, like throughout the movie, you can just tell that all of the dogs on his team were very loyal to him. So mm-hmm. I think I haven't done my research on it, but but just seeing that, like, there's no way that he didn't make a real bond with those dogs, especially with uh, t- the dog who played Togo. Oh um, like I, 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 and I, and I, in. Well, I'm stuttering, but <laughs> but um, I think William Defoe did all of the sled riding too, or most of it. It seemed like you know he was doing most of it. Yeah, it's hard to tell though, like when it's far away, but, and then you have the close-ups. But, but definitely, most of the time it was him. Yeah, definitely. and I think that was really nice because like it wasn't just a stunt double the whole time and mm-hmm. so i think that also helped with like the connections with the dog because he must have trained with them or yeah, yeah. you know like he must have definitely spent time with them before they filmed the movie mm-hmm. which i liked a lot mm-hmm. you can tell a lot of it was filmed on location too and it was just like, beautiful vistas my gosh i want to move to alaska that's like my dream location like the mountains and stuff really yeah i know i love it <laughs> <laughs> um i want to mush that sounds fun yeah. i love dogs so let's talk the history of um sled dogs yes and actually i didn't rate the movie yet i'd also give it a 10 yes. i might have said that already but yes i would absolutely give it a 10 so 10 out of 10 all the listeners here need to watch for sure for sure uh yeah yeah it'll leave you with happy tears yes. it's not a movie that'll and not, yeah it's not gonna leave you feeling depressed or sad like it's right. it's just very very inspiring and it makes you feel good you know so yeah, so what's the actual history of sled dogs? Was that something that the Inuits kind of created to get around? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, so um, I know uh, it's been around for about like 9,000 years. Are you kidding which me? Which is like, yes, like very long time. Um, it was like one of the first forms of travel. And and um, like, yeah, well, huskies are, are um, you know, they're – they're meant for the cold. And yeah, so they love this it. this other movie that I was watching which is actually on Disney Plus. Um it's called uh Eight Below. Oh, right, right. And just in the beginning of that movie, he goes outside and the dogs are they've like buried themselves in the snow and they're just sleeping there. Mm-hmm. So like huskies they love the cold and they love well, they love to run, and, like, you'll see that in Togo. Like, all he wants to do is run. He wants, you know, they mm. want to be – they have a lot of energy. They're big dogs. They, like, like – chasing they, uh, they love terrible. to run. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, it was one of the first forms of transportation, and it became a sport. Kind yeah. of, like, it, it really did become a sport. And there's, there's a scene in the movie, actually, where they kind of do a race, which is really cool. Well, there's, so there's an annual race every single year. and really? it, it, Yep, and they still do it. Um, and so these mushers, they train um, all year round. Um, and so in the movie, you'll see, uh, even, like, in the spring, in the summer, he's he's training with his dogs um, when there's no snow. Yeah, put his sled on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they still do this, so... You know they breed their dogs. They and they get the the best dogs. Um, usually they are younger, but mm. I mean, I apparently they can race until they're like twelve. But yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, yeah, they train all year and then they go. I don't know how long it is, but they travel like a lot of miles um, in a race, and 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 it's still the same. They have uh, you know stopping points where um, their dogs can rest. Um, they have, you know, people who will take them into their homes and give them food, and then whoever gets to the end point first wins, and and they do it every year, and it. So now it's really just more of a sport than for traveling yeah, purposes. Yeah, and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um. But it is an annual thing that they still do in Alaska every year. Sounds like a tradition. And they make a lot of money off of it. Really? And oh, so we looked this up. So I watched this movie with my parents before I watched it with Cam. And, um, so he wins a race and he gets $5,000. So we looked up how much $5,000 would be 
today, um, compared to 1925, it was like $73,000. I didn't even think of the conversion. Yeah. So these mushers, if they win a race, they can make a lot of money off of it and, and they use it all for their dogs and the food and, um, they're the best sleds and the best, you know, everything. So yes. That's that's just so interesting to me. That's it. So you you rode horses. You know about horses. Tell me, how difficult is it to get control of animals? Because I can't imagine how these people are able to train these dogs to do these kinds of things. How is that even possible? So maybe I was thinking because you have experience with that. Wh- what do you do? I mean, well, it, it's kind of like horses are the same as dogs, really. Um, you know, when you get them as babies. You, I mean, they're crazy. <laughs> they, they're not trained. They don't know, you know, what's what's right and what's not okay. And and so, I mean, you do have to discipline them. You have to discipline every animal if you want, you know, a, a good one. Um, and and not not in any like in not like, like in, not in a harsh way or anything, you know, like mm-hmm. you. It's just how you train animals. But like, so for me, I know, like I didn't really train any horses, but I definitely. I mean, I rode horses for, like, six years, um, and I know that all of the horses I rode, um, the, like, person in charge of the barn usually gave me, like, the bad attitude horses, (laughs) mostly because, like, I'm kind of a tough love kind of person, like, you know that, I'm I'm a tough love kind of person. I do know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which isn't a bad thing, um, especially with animals, like, like sometimes like you do have to discipline them but like I know the first horse that I um like really rode um his name was Brandy and he the first day I met him he kicked me (laughs) (laughs) and he was horrible he was so mean he would like bare his teeth at me he wouldn't let me touch him he wouldn't let me go near him and it took one day one day to earn his trust so I just, you know, you just kind of have to talk to them and build, like, you do have to build a relationship with them. And animals are so intelligent. They Mm -hmm. know, they know when your intentions are good and they know, they know who's going to take care of them. So, um, like, yeah, all the horses I've trained, trained in quotes, um, they've, they've always been really bad when I first meet them. Um, and then once you like build that connection with them, they just, they just know. And so... So the second day, I was able to put on a saddle, um, and and he was really good. He was a good boy. Um, but even like riding him, he didn't trust me, so he bucked me off. Um, took like he bucked me off for like two days, and then, um, and then I could finally sit on him without him freaking out, and like it, it's just really a, a a bond that you have to make and. And I think once you create that bond, like, they're the most loyal animals. Like, all the horses I've met and, like, ridden, once I create the bond with them, they will do anything that you want. Like, they'll do whatever you expect from them. And and they'll also love you. Like, they just love you. Like, they look forward to seeing you. Like, the, um, um... Yeah, like, like uh, Brandy, I don't think he was my worst, though, but, but like, uh, after, like, a week, he would see me walking towards the pasture, and he would run up to the fence, and he would, like, whinny, because he knew it was me, and he would just get so excited, and then, like, yeah, like, like, animals, they just know who their people are, and so, like, right, once you, once you train them and build their trust, like, you can do anything with them, and I think that's, like, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like people just have this idea that animals are dumb and like, but th- they are so um, emotionally complex. Uh, you know, especially in my experience, dogs too. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm a big. Talk about Bogey. Yes. My dog Bogey. He's a very sensitive boy and he has feelings. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, I think most. Most animals are capable of loving and understanding, you know, relationships and stuff like that. I I think that they're a lot smarter than we give them credit for. I have a fun fact about them, actually. Yeah, okay. Um, So I read this article 
and I, I don't know the source, but I read an article that they've been doing more um, testing on like dogs um, and cats and like household pets that people usually have um, to see what they what their perception is of like feelings um how do you how do you even test that they so they put them in in like animal form of mris and and then also like observation and just like the way that they react but um i guess like some part of their brain does have the capability of loving and there's also like a part where they like they I can't remember the specific like details of it but they they also like do have um the capability to know who their family is as well as like um like know when uh like their family's in danger like when they need to like protect their family so like I know they did one they were like researching they were studying this one dog and and every time his family left to go to work or to school, in his in his head, he didn't know if they were coming back. And so he he oh. he um, showed like signs of like extreme sadness because he thought that his family was leaving him. Oh, my God. And and so like, yeah, when, so when humans leave, like they don't know if you're coming back. But um, as soon as you come back, they're like, oh, my God, that's my family. And that's why they jump on you. And they're so happy when you get home because they their brain is incapable of understanding that like you're always going to come back to them you know is that incredible i think it's yeah the breakthroughs we're making in terms of understanding that kind of stuff is very interesting but oh my god that's sad yeah. i never want to leave the house again yeah. oh geez oh i just <laughs> and the thing i i think i've heard that um, dogs, their perception of time is completely different. Yeah. So, oh man, you, you, we can't even imagine what's going on in their heads, their little heads. Um, I, yeah, I'm personally a dog person, but I love cats. I'm going to sh- do a little shout out here. Um, <laughs> my favorite cat in the world, Sasha, who is Tessa's cat. He is a very lovable boy. And a lot of people say, I don't know if I mentioned, I might've mentioned this in another podcast. Who cares? <laughs> A lot of people think that dogs are the ones with personality and cats are all across the board just like mean and very like, you know, stuff like that. And they don't care about, you know, their owners and stuff and they just like live to be served and whatnot. That is not true. Uh, And I can tell you, Sasha, he is the most lovable boy. He is so attached. He just turned one. And he just turned one, apparently. So Last week. So, uh, you know, if you see him, wish him a happy birthday. (laughs) Uh, He He's just... Um, just a very, very uh, playful and, 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 and sweet cat. So I used to, and you know, I used to not even be a cat person, but, um, you know, part, partly because I, I was allergic and I never really got to meet any. But yeah, he, just meeting him really changed my uh, perception on that. Do <laughs> you have anything to say about Sasha? Well, um, a little background on Sasha. <laughs> He's a Russian blue. Um, He's very tiny, um, but I guess so. We we did a lot of research on Sasha before we got him because my whole family has allergies to cats, um, and we've we've always had dogs too. I've always had a dog growing up, um, and then in high school I decided to get a cat because I wanted a pet. Um, I wanted my own pet, and so I um, had to get a hypoallergenic cat, and I got a Bangle, and that's Mango. <laughs> who's a good girl, um, but she doesn't live with us anymore because she cries. She, she has a huge personality as well, um, but we're not talking about her. She's... See, yeah, that's the thing. I, like, I, I feel like the personality is sort of um, reflective of, or the, the breed kind of has its own sort of... And so also like uh, with that, with the different breeds, um, so okay, we have purebred cats. I know they're not like normal domestic cats. They they're they're fancy cats. I know, <laughs> um, but I know like so Russian blues, which um, is Sasha's breed. They've been around um, since 
early times like um russian czars used to have them as really? pets yes because they were so regal looking and <laughs> and so they is regal. yes they're so like proper and fancy and regal looking um so they've been around for years um and mango's breed um which is bangle is the descendant of an asian leopard however her breed has only been around since the 90s so she's a fourth a fourth fourth generation bangle so she is only four generations away from an asian leopard so can you you pull a picture of an asian leopard yeah i've never seen one um so her breed though is is much less domesticated um so she is really kind of wild she really is but she's a cutie how but she is so sweet like she's still so sweet and she's so lovable um oh my gosh and they're wild? Yep. Look at them. They're so cute. So they bred, um, yeah, a, 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 an Asian leopard, uh, an Asian leopard cat. Sorry, that's the proper name. Asian leopard cat with a domesticated cat. And so uh, Mango looks just like a leopard. She uh-huh. has she has her little rosettes. Um, she, she's perfect. She's beautiful. Very she's a beautiful girl. Um, but yeah, she's she's not... And she has a huge personality, but she's not as sweet as Sasha. And so Sasha... Um, their breed since, since they were the pets of Russian czars, they bond very closely to their immediately, immediate owners. Um, so we got Sasha over the summer. Um, so it was just my parents and me who were home because my brother lives in Maryland. Shout out to Benji. (laughs) Um, and so he bonded very closely with the three of us. Um, and, and he does a great job, you know interacting with other people like he loves my brother so much but um and i guess you yeah because ben came home so i would consider ben part of his immediately immediate family too um but like uh when cam first met him he's very shy and he he kind of just watches you from a distance um and, and then once he gets to know you he loves you he's just mm. such a sweet boy and he plays fetch yeah it's incredible he loves to play he's so playful and he grabs you and like and he falls asleep right in your arms yes. it's the cutest thing ever and you just cradle him like a baby he's so little he's very little mm-hmm. and he's full grown too he's like is he really he's like eight pounds i think He's getting a little chubby, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Their breed is known for um, being obese. <laughs> so if you look up a picture of a of a Russian blue, usually you will not see a picture of a, <laughs> of a little Russian blue. They're all, like, extremely obese because they can't control their, themselves <laughs> when, they they're eat eating, explode, yeah. when they're eating. So my mom has him on a, on a little diet. Um, <laughs> so he doesn't get fat because he, like, their breed could literally eat all day. And you they think they'd not, ever stop? Yeah. Like they, no, like, it says they cannot stop eating. Like, <laughs> what did it say? It said they're legendary. For, <laughs> legendary. They're legendary. <laughs> legendary eaters. Um, and I guess they drink a lot of water, too. Like, they need to drink water. Interesting. <laughs> they're a weird breed. Yeah. I just think it's so cool the differences between all the breeds. Uh, hold on, my phone. Make sure it didn't stop recording. All right, we're good. You don't even have to keep it on the screen for it to record. You I know. keep it on the lock, lock screen. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Oh man, you gotta watch Togo though. It, if you're not an animal lover, one, what's wrong with you? And two, you will be after it. Yes, it. that's exactly what I was gonna say. Um. Yeah. So, what else? What else is there? Um, we could talk about a taxi driver. We're, let's just do some movie reviews really quick. Yeah, so we we've watched a few movies recently. Quarantine. Yeah, what else is there to? What does he call it? Quarantine. Quarantine. I wasn't Coin included term. in it, but. So what if I told you, since you feel like you're not included, what if I told you that you are this week's listener of the week? So uh, congratulations, uh, your uh, award is uh, in the mail, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there's that. Thanks. Yeah, so actually, um, we have since we watched Parasite, which is a good movie. We'll do a review of that. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a long one. And another time for sure. Yeah, it's gonna take. I can't do that right a now. Long time. <laughs> it's too late for that. Um, 
so obviously we know that that movie got so much praise uh, it just in general it won a lot of awards yeah and isn't it the first movie ever to to be a foreign film that won best picture i think so I think maybe so. like it's one of the it's I, it's a rare I thing i think so mm-hmm. I, I don't don't quote us on that yeah but i think so, so but um yeah so i thought it was interesting how mainstream or how how it kind of came from being uh i think it came from a film festival and then it kind of uh, got traction from there and people just were like wow it's a really good movie so we watched um another movie made by the same director what's his name bong bong Jun? i know bong's in it his name bong i think it's like i'm gonna look it up all right we're looking it up. We, we can't have any you know false information here. yeah that's never happened before on the ramblers podcast <laughs> the sarcasm bong <laughs> bong Jun ho that's his name right oh okay and it also stars the the guy who played the dad in Parasite. The so if you've seen it, it's the um, like the main character. He's like the poor family's uh, there that dad, yeah, Mr. Kim. not the rich one, Mr. Kim. And interestingly, he actually has the same name uh, in in a Taxi Driver, which is what we watched. It's like Kong 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 Ho Song. And is is the actor's name? Mm-hmm. But he plays Mr. Kim in both movies, which kind of led us to kind of create a theory <laughs> that um, that it took place before they're uh, loosely, Parasite. They're loosely related. We think. Y- yeah, that's actually. I, I think that the director probably just di- like threw because th- in Parasite he talks about how he had a history as a taxi driver, and of course he has his a name's daughter. Yeah, and of course his name's Mr. Kim. So. You know, at first, the the theory doesn't really hold any water because um, Taxi Driver <laughs> takes place in the 80s and Parasite's modern day. But I just think it was just like a fun little thing. Yeah, I think it might have been loosely related. Mm-hmm. Not not even like the storylines were related, just, just little, kind of the director was like, oh, that's fun. You know. mm-hmm. But yeah, so a Taxi Driver, let's see. Well, Parasite traumatized me. So, and okay, we have to do another episode on Parasite for it. sure. That's going to be a long chat, but... So I was a little worried to watch A Taxi Driver because Parasite apparently um, was labeled as a comedy, a comedy thriller. Yeah. And so was A Taxi Driver. So I was worried that there was going to be something scary that happened or something. Like I was, I was worried that it was going to be another movie that traumatized me. <laughs> now she's always scared that uh, there's people moving around and. But I, uh, checked, I checked my attic. Yeah. There's no one up there. Okay, good. Do you hear sounds? Any like? No, no, no. Okay, it's, so it's just it's literally just like you're just scared of that. Yeah. So any, so anyway, so taxi, so taxi driver, please. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so taxi driver, let's see. Where do we start? It was a comedy. What would you rate it? Let's start with that. Oh. This movie was so good. I would give it. Like I like I hate. I hate rating movies because if I can't like I can't think of one flaw. I'm not good at that. Yeah, I feel like it's only fair to give it a ten out of ten, right? Is that what you would say? Yeah, I feel like we're hard. Like not, we're pretty harsh when we critique movies. I feel like we always find something that we would change or didn't like about it, and so. But yeah, I would. I think I'd give it a 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. too. It was just so well done. And I, uh, I'm i a huge fan of this director now. Yeah, me too. I think he's a genius. Like, the, okay. he's so incredibly talented. And mm-hmm. and every... Okay, we've only watched two movies that he's directed. But, but both of them were just amazing. Like, mm-hmm. they were both... I, 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 okay, Parasite... Parasite kind of um, kind of lost me towards the end, but I would still say it's a. I think it was overhyped. Okay, I'm just gonna say that. And I think that's the only reason that we didn't like it as much because it got so much um, praise. Yeah. That maybe it was too much. So when we watched it, it wasn't as you, you know amazing maybe as what we to expected. blow your socks off. Yeah, but a taxi driver. So it's based on a true story. Um, there was a coup. In South Korea in 1980, um, so their president was assassinated, and these college students and professors um, and, you know, uh, younger people, they were hoping that a new Democratic president would be elected, um, but the military, you know, took over, took control, um, but the military was brutal to My these God, people, yeah. and they, they were killing just everyone on the streets, they just... This, what was the city name again? Guangzhou? Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Yeah. Right. And that's near Seoul. 
So this is in South Korea, and and yeah, based on true events that happened in the in the eighties. Um, in the eighty. Was it eighty? Nineteen eighty. Okay. Um, but yeah, what was I gonna say? I just think that the director is very skilled, and I talked about this. Uh, we talked about with Taika Waititi in uh, Jojo, the Jojo review. But I think it's very hard to balance um, having a serious story and also having like comedic elements because you can go too far with comedy, and then y- there's no real um, like you don't really feel as invested because of that. It just feels like nothing that happens really matters. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a you know like parody ish. But this director is very good at that. And then it could go the opposite way too, where mm-hmm. it's it's too serious and and just loses you, and you just start you know zoning out. Yeah. You're zoning out. It's too long. Too. Mm. What did you say? You you said it was like dra- it would drag on. Yeah. Like to, for too much, and yeah. so yeah, he did a great job with finding a a middle ground for both of them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just like a brief synopsis of the film, I guess. Um, it's about this taxi driver played by the, the, like we said, the dad from Parasite, and he is just trying to earn some money, and he picks up this guy from the airport, uh, German guy, French guy, German, German guy, and he uh, brings him to Guangzhou because this man's a reporter, uh, but he doesn't tell him right away because if he did, there'd be uh, a lot of trouble because, of course, the government is dictatorship and they can't have anyone know what's going on, so they don't let any reporters in. And so the basic premise of the movie is that he needs to escort this um, reporter uh, after he gets his his uh, like footage and stuff and shows what's actually going on there. And it's just the military is absolutely brutalizing the civilians. But on the state sponsored TV, they're saying, "Oh yeah, like there's there's really um, only nine deaths." And the protesters kind of instigated, which is not true. And everyone, so everyone's believing this kind of spin story. And um, so the goal is to get his um, uh, pictures and videos out there to the world so the world can see what's actually going on. Um, so that's basically um, the premise of the movie. And I just think, that, again, this is a movie that made me cry. <laughs> Um, we cried j- together. Yes. We yeah. And it just, it, it's like... But it was another movie where it wasn't um, the, the cheesy kind where they want you to cry. It was just so, like, raw. You know? You know what I mean? Like, it was, what, it was so just, like, natural. What, like, it, it, like, it's a true story. Like, um, like these are real people who, who died fighting for... Mm-hmm. for what a, de- a democratic yeah. state like these people died uh trying to fight for what was for what was good and and um it's kind of the same thing like like it's just they're willing to sacrifice their lives for the greater good and that yeah. that's just so powerful to me and it's, it's it's like the same thing in togo yeah so um that's what that's what got me jeez oh man it just and, destroyed me and so well also um part of the movie was that uh once they got into Guangzhou um the taxi driver from Seoul was kind of looked down upon by the other taxi drivers um because he was uh they were all protesting they weren't um doing any business because they were like we don't want to they didn't want to do anything uh for the military they didn't want to i guess uh they said at one point um if they were transporting people to the hospital uh the military people would kill them so they were like it's not worth risking our lives we're just going to protect our people um by staying home and like you know uh going to the hospital whatever they could do but so um after they kind of uh gotten to know this taxi driver from Seoul they kind of realized like oh our people's lives are worth fighting for and 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 they created a a very strong alliance with the sole taxi driver and so not really the ending of the movie but kind of the beginning of the end of the movie um the car chase which i guess didn't happen in real life yeah okay so that's the thing a lot of it was actually kind of and this happens a lot in movies part that wasn't true it said the only part it said the names were that it said some of the names were changed um but really, the only part of the movie that wasn't true was this ch- uh, chase, this car chase. Mm-hmm. It said most thing, like everything else, was very close 
to the truth. I mean, obviously, some things you have to change for course, the movies, yeah. but um, this car chase didn't happen, apparently. Um, but I'm sure something similar must have happened mm-hmm. with the taxi drivers because, like, I think they just wanted a way to show how strong their bond was, and, and I think he did a great job of doing that. So yeah. um, they're trying to get out of Guangzhou so they can get the reporter to the airport, and... All of the taxi drivers that he had befriended um, create a barrier um, between his taxi and the military vehicles, and they they all just they all die, um, but they all you know sacrifice their lives just so they can get this one reporter out to show what's happening to their people. And I thought that was so. I I thought that was a great part of the movie. Um, even if it wasn't true, I like. I'm sure something like that must have happened where they banded together. I think it was just for like to be cinematic, but I'm sure that it was. But, but something must have happened yeah. where the taxi drivers helped him out because it it was just so significant in the movie. Like, like it really was. It was kind of mm. just like really showing how 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 important it was to the people that that the world knew what was happening to them and. And it worked because uh, the reporter did get out and he did release his footage and they got help. Um, and, I mean, South Korea is still a democratic state, country, whatever, um, today. So, you know, it, it did have an impact on the people. And and I think there were like 600-something deaths. Um, but they were all worth it in the end. Like, yeah. You know, because, yeah, like they actually managed to... Like who knows what could have, like happen if if it would have been like North Korea. Yes, if, yes. If nothing happened, and you know North Korea. Like. And I just think it's important to mention um, that like he, start, he the main character kind of starts off as like a prick. Yeah, he, he was he was only in it for the money. He was gonna get paid like a hundred thousand won. Um, we have to look up the the conversion the conversion yeah. for that. But he was gonna get paid a hundred thousand won, and and and. That was the only reason he was doing it, and the reporter offered him fifty thousand. He was like, "Just take it and leave. Like, if you're not gonna help, just take the fifty thousand and leave." And he did. Um, and then he realized that it was a mistake, and he was like, "I can't do that to my people." Mm-hmm. And so I, I liked that at the end. He, he realized it was more than just money, and I he realized that. that like, like he needed to help his country, and and he did. Mm-hmm. And and he he didn't take any credit for it. He gave a fake name. Yeah. Which I don't know if it was for safety or if it was because he just really didn't want. I think it was. I think it was I most think it was, likely. I feel likely like it was for... both a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just interpreted it as because so at the end, um, everything's done. He gets the report of the airport, and the reporter's like, like, please just give me your name and your number, so one day when this is all safe, when it's safe here, I can come back and uh, thank you. Yeah. And but uh, he so the, he, dr- he wrote down a fake name and number, and oh that was so sad. And, but yeah, he showed a real clip of the reporter, uh, like right before he died. He made a video and he was like, so he was like, please, I want to meet you. Just to thank you. Just and- to thank you, whoever you are. Like you were one of my closest friends, even if for a short time. And he was like, please. Um, before I die, this is the only wish that I have. And then it said he never got to meet him, which which was very sad. But, um, you know. Yeah, I interpreted it as uh, he didn't want the military to track him so down. Too. I think so, too. Because he did have a daughter, a young yeah. a young daughter at home, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, not old enough to take care of herself. No. So he definitely was looking out for himself. Um, but I think, too, like, he did not want any credit that, yeah, like I, I feel like that. he also did it because he was just humble and didn't. Yeah, you really had to change a heart. I I love that. He did, and 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 in, in his taxi, he he had um, a photo of one of the other taxi drivers who he uh, befriended, and that taxi driver ended up dying. Um, and so he just, I guess, like he he just had it in his taxi for the rest of his life. It's getting to me again. It was so good. It was so good. I just love stuff. I love stories like that. I, I love 
I think that's that's usually why I cry in movies. And I look, I'm not afraid to admit that I cry in movies. Okay, get over it. Nothing wrong with that at all. Okay, that's. I think when people sacrifice themselves for the greater good, that's what always gets me. It really is. Um, I I. <laughs> and I think too, what made it even more like what's the word what would the word be what made it not impactful yeah what what made it have a bigger impact was that like you just saw how much he changed like i i really think that's it too because he started off as like an asshole excuse my language (laughs) (laughs) we don't swear on the there's no other word to describe it like it's true he really was and he he did not care that people were dying he didn't care that um he visited a hospital he didn't care at all he wanted money and that was it Mm -hmm. and so i think watching him change throughout the whole movie too was just like yes it made it so much better and then that's what Right, made it such a tearjerker. Like he it was just—he had such a big character growth, and he developed so much. And he became like the leader. He really like, did. Like he, there's one scene where uh, the military people are just—they're just in the street shooting whoever they see, literally shooting whoever whoever crosses their path. And and I think this was a very monumental moment in the movie where you realized. So I'm I'm curious. I, I the part you're talking about. Did this actually happen? The part where it and we're about to get to it with the blockade. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I hope so. I think that. I mean, it's sad, but but I think I think that was a monumental moment where you really realized that like he like really did care and he wasn't just like doing yeah. it anymore for the money. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, the military officials were just shooting whoever they saw. So they were just they were just um. People were trying to help the injured, and they would just shoot them. Yeah, like they were—they were just trying to, trying to get them off the street so they could at least, you know, suffer comfortably. I guess, which there's no other way to put it. Like they were dying, but like these people were literally just trying to help, and the military officials would just shoot them. And so once again, the taxi drivers banded together, and they—they they created a blockade with their taxis. Um, so people could help grab the wounded and take just take their bodies off the street. That was and, my favorite part of the movie. And 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 the leader of it was the taxi driver from Seoul. Mm-hmm. And like those weren't even his people, and and you know, and he had no nothing at stake. Nothing, but, literally nothing at all. He could have left at any moment in the movie, and he did. But he made the decision to go back into that crazy war zone. Yeah. And that was just incredible. It was, it was such a good like ten out of ten. It was, ten definitely a ten out of ten. Like, now the more I think about there are it, no flaws in the movie. The acting mm. was amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, the main guy. Um, he's, in, he's so good. He's incredible. Oh my god! Yeah, don't sleep on foreign movies. Really, there's so they have so many uh, gems out there. What did, what else have we watched? I I mean, is there anything else like that you want to? Twenty one Jump Street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we um, don't need to do a review. <laughs> no. Do, do, I mean, do you think there's anything else before like? We watched. Um... Or I mean, about specifically a taxi driver. Is there any other oh, you want to touch on? I don't think so. I mean, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. By the way, it's yeah. on Hulu. It's like two hours. Two and a half hours? No, it's like two, two, two fifteen. Two hours, yeah. A little over so two. It's, it's long, but but it doesn't feel long. It feels no. perfect length. Um, yeah, the acting's great. The 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 plot is great. The fact that it's based on a true story. Just, I love, I love movies that are based on true stories. Mm-hmm. Nonfiction, love them. Documentaries, love them. I think it just has, it just the leaves a different ring. impression. The bling ring. Yeah, I just I love the impression. Or, or I love movies that are based on true stories. Just I feel like that adds an extra level of um, just depth to to the movie because you know what really happened, and it makes stuff like this, stuff like Togo, stuff like uh, a Taxi Driver, just so much more powerful, in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but then we watched um, The Bling Ring, which was uh, starring Emma Watson. And uh, that was also based on a true story, but it was nowhere near as, uh, you know, it wasn't inspirational. Good. No, no, no. But it was interesting to learn about. It was an interesting story. Um, so you can check that out if you want. That's on Netflix. It's about these teenagers who basically uh, sneak into celebrities' houses and they steal their stuff. And they they get caught. Spoilers. But it, they're very unlikable. And, you know, that was pretty inter- it was pretty funny. <laughs> It was funny. Yeah. And they all went to, they all went to jail. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and one of them even had like a reality TV show. And you can look up the clips. And she got like an interview in uh, Vanity Fair. And <laughs> she, she didn't like the way that the... She yeah, that she was betrayed. So she had like a meltdown. And it's very funny. Yeah, yeah. I actually... Um, it was funny. We were talking about that with my mom. And she remembers the actual events. But I, I don't at all. It happened in uh, 2009. Right. And the movie came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was funny to watch. Um, but yeah, like no offense to celebrities, but you, lock your doors. You need to lock your doors. Apparently, watch out. Yeah, there's the you know. But don't leave your key under the front ma- the front mat. <clears throat> Parasol. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow, we've been talking for an hour. Is there anything else that you think uh, that you want to wrap this up? Up. Let's do some shout outs. Um, shout out to Benji. Uh, my, my brother. Mm-hmm. He goes by Benji in this podcast so we don't confuse him with Ben. Yes. Um, the, the, the Ben, you know. Yeah. Hopefully he makes some more, some more appearances on the podcast. Yes, yes, he will. He has some really interesting things to say. He, he knows a lot of fun facts. and He has very strong opinions. Yes, and he, he, he's so... Benji, I know you're listening. Uh, uh, he's so intelligent, and, and he he loves educating himself on on just everything. Like he he's great. He's a very smart guy. I love him. Yeah, love my brother. Uh, who else do we want to shout out? Um, shout out to Ben Rielly because you're not here. Um, Sorry, we didn't tell you about the, the, this. Was kind of a sperm at the moment thing, uh, but yeah. Um, do I have any shout outs? Um, Zach Patron. Cam's brother. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Zach. Why not? <laughs> and uh, shout out to the, uh, you know, just the uh, the listeners, all all two of you. Um, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Really, it means a lot. So the new segment, which maybe Cam wants to incorporate into his podcast, is: Do you have a song of the week or a movie of the week? Um, before you go. See, I, I would say like Togo would be the movie, but I, f- I feel like that's a cop out because we just talked song about. Song of the week. Okay, I'll do song of the week. <laughs> was that Post Malone song that I was singing? Because we heard it on the radio. <laughs> da, 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 da. Circles. Circles. Yeah, that's that's my song of the week because I couldn't get out of my head. Yes. What's yours? My song of the week is uh, July by Noah Cyrus. Oh right, that. One. I've had it stuck in my head and. It's a great song. She sounds just like Miley Cyrus. Oh my god, I keep thinking that Noah Cyrus is a guy. Because the name. Oh, yeah. No. I okay. Uh, but yeah, she sounds just like Miley, very talented. Um, she's like, she just turned 20. Is she putting out, she's putting out music? Yeah. Oh, can I listen to that? I don't, yeah. You said she sounds just like Miley? Yeah, I heard, so I heard the song and I thought Miley had released a new song, but um, nope, it was just her sister, um, who's also extremely talented very good singer um she i feel like she hasn't really done anything else she never really got into acting or anything yeah. she's kind of always been you know in, in miley's shadow in, in miley's yeah. shadow which you know i feel like i would want to do too if i was a younger sibling but yeah um yeah she's very talented i think she deserves just as much as credit as miley um talented family really right but um yeah that's my song of the week cool yeah um, uh, Tessa, I, w- I would just like to thank you for uh, being on this podcast. You really add a lot. Your opinions are, uh, you know, I, I like listening to uh, you talk. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you got a lot to say. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you too. <History> <laughs> right. um, yeah, so I think we're going to wrap it up. We're at t- 59 minutes, not quite an hour. Oh, shoot. We have to wait until, right. we have to wait until exactly 60 minutes. So let's see. We have. Let's do that. We have about like. 40 seconds. 40 seconds left so oh, oh yeah so let's see uh let's talk well, about the weather's pretty nice 
what do you uh what, what do you what are you up to these days um taking classes online i miss my students um but you have to zoom with them right uh, yeah i get to zoom with them on thursdays um every thursday yeah oh i thought that was a one-time thing that's <laughs> yeah, nice every thursday um yeah quarantine treat me well my family's <laughs> doing well we're all healthy um you know corona i'm kind of sick of it um but yeah, we went to Wegmans today and we had to wear masks and they were really oh, it uncomfortable. Was so it was very weird. It's like it was like going into another uh, dimension or something. It was, it's so weird because now it's just a norm for everyone to wear masks and and like what what's what's going to happen once, you know, like who knows? It, it's funny. I've I've talked to so many people and they have no like clue. They or they all have different ideas of what's going to happen after the, the, this is all done. How how are we going to change as a society? Like who right. knows? Like like yeah, I'm convinced that that well, the younger generation for sure I think is going to be very cautious about um, social distancing. Um, I think they're going to be a little germaphobe, mm-hmm. germaphobic um, for sure. Um, but like yeah, I don't see I don't see our society really ever going back to like what it was. I think it's going to be changed just because like this virus is insane. Like yeah. and 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 it, like uh, it's just crazy. Like just the percentage of people who are asymptomatic too. Right. Like, I think that's, that's crazy. Like, Isn't it 70? Like, um, 70%? I think it's, yeah, 60 or 70% or something like that. Like, like, it's just crazy. Like how many people could get this virus and, and not even know, but like, who, like who knows what's going to happen this summer? Like, like, uh, will the warm weather get rid of it? Will, will, uh, the virus mutate more? Like, like, like man, we don't know. It's crazy. And, 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 and okay, we're over one hour, but, now that we're on this topic, yeah, let's just. <laughs> we found a, a, a few movies uh, that are very similar to the coronavirus, and and I just think, I I think we're never gonna we're never gonna be able to predict what's gonna happen with even future viruses. Like I know, well, I know, like they said that apparently every election year there's some kind of virus that, that comes up, right? Yeah, a- and honestly, yeah, like. I, I looked into that and it's true. Like, what was it like, Zika a, last time? Maybe I think it was Zika, and then before it was Ebola. Right. And I think that's very. Let's interesting. Deal with that. I don't know. I, I like. Is it a, con- a conspiracy? Is it? Is it like? Like I don't know. It's. It, <laughs> it, I don't know, but. But I really do think our society is going to be different, and and I don't think we're going to have to wear masks forever. But I think social distancing is definitely going to be. Um, I think it's going to be, a thing from now on, and. And for those of you who are not social distancing, please please, please do it. Um, you know, it's your choice, but... Okay, we admittedly aren't social distancing, but we're the only... We've been seeing each other. Like, we haven't been really coming in contact with anyone else, so... Yeah, I know, I know. Well, we, 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 right, we, we are in contact with each other, but... So just use but, discretion. But we also did quarantine ourselves for, like, three weeks. Yeah. Like, it was just Cam and I... Um, in our apartment, you know, so, so we did, we did quarantine ourselves for a good three weeks and then came straight home and had no contact with anyone else. So, you know, and, and everyone else that we've been in contact with, even like family members, we've been social distancing from them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I haven't seen my grandparents or anyone yeah, really. And like. I don't know, like social distancing. It's so important. Now we're on this topic. It's just, flatten the curve. Yeah, Gotta flatten the curve. Come on, flatten the curve. It's so important. And and yeah, I've just seen so many so many people I know, some of my Snapchat friends <laughs> are not social distancing and it is your choice. Um, but just, but just keep it just people. keep in mind that if you are asymptomatic, there is a possibility of you infecting other people and like you just really gotta be careful, you know. <laughs> like I, I agree. I like I totally agree. I think that's gonna leave a lasting kind of impression on society. I don't know how, yeah. and I don't know when it's gonna when this is gonna end. Experts don't even know. It's yeah. scary. It changes every day, right? So it's really just a wait and see thing. We know that kind of the shutdown's gonna last at least in New York and on um, the coast. I know that they're um, going to be kind of shut down for a while. I know that I saw that it, part of phase one, or what, I guess that's what they're calling it, some of the um, central Midwestern kind of states, they're going to be starting to reopen. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, for well, now we, we have to start reopening. Well, yeah, what the, what, what the economy is gonna honestly, like, crash? Like I know, you know, it's so it's so easily spread, but the economy really seriously, like <laughs> like I'm like we're worried about that. The government's paying us to sit at home, and 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 people aren't getting people are out of jobs Small and businesses. Yeah, so. We need to social distance and start reopening uh, businesses and, <laughs> uh, you know, got to take care of our, our elderly and e- and even our young, mm-hmm. even middle age, even even our age. We like everyone needs to stay. It's, it's true. Yeah. No one's because even not to sound scared, but no one's safe. Right. Really. And, and even people our age who are getting are suffering so much. And yeah. like, like, so even if, you know, you're in your 20s or your teens, if you do get it, there's a possibility that mm-hmm. that you will have those symptoms, even if you don't have the underlying health health issues. Like like you can really you can really suffer from it. Mm-hmm. But you know, now we've gone down this corona yeah. street, which we were trying to avoid. But um, yeah. Other than that, you know, quarantine. I don't know what else. Dude, like I haven't been doing anything. It's just so boring. <laughs> You've been watching movies. Yeah, watching movies and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say? I've been Tessa? Uh, I've been... Ca- uh, yes. <laughs> so... I've been Tessa. I've been Cam. And we are... The Ramblers. Ramblers. Um, and see you next time. We'll catch you again in the next episode. Until then, take care. Uh, wash safe. your hands. Wear your mask. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, just have a good one, you know? Take it easy. Goodbye.